if it bothers you, well, well. <laughs> uh, I cried about this about all that, all morning yesterday as God was preparing us for it. And if you're that person that does those things, and you're going to realize, and you, you may, it's been several years since I've used part of this, but I would ask that if you're that person that recognizes that, then God's got a special purpose for you this morning. And that's for you to pray for the person that needs to hear this message. And it might just be yourself. Amen? Because we all struggle with things. We all have hills, mountains, valleys that we have to travel in this life. As you see on the board up there, determined to press on. You know, Michael has been talking about faith uh, this year, and uh, we'll hit a verse or two that he may have used in that, but I desire your prayers this morning as we to try to do that that the Lord has placed upon our heart. One day I will stand in the presence of Jesus, and I'll see the Lord face to face with my very eyes I witness his glory when I finally finish my race but the burdens of life sometimes get so heavy that I need to touch him now but I don't have to wait until I get to heaven by faith, I can touch him now. I can reach out and touch the hem of his garment. I know he will make me whole, for he's passing by this very moment. Can you feel the virtue that flows? One day I will walk through the gates of that city. By grace I will make it somehow. But I don't have to wait until I get to heaven. By faith I can touch him now. You believe that this morning? We must determine to press on. <laughs> First John, chapter number 5, beginning in verse 1. I need these. I'm reading the King James Version. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him, and also that is begotten of him. We're talking about the lineage of him there a little bit. Verse 2, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Don't miss that this morning, folks. We're going to be determined to press on. Amen? For whatsoever is born of God, that's the key, overcometh the world. 
And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our kind and gracious, most heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We're humbled to stand in the presence of this congregation and in your presence this morning to share what you've laid out before us. I pray that we search our lives. I pray that we pray one for another. I pray that lives will be forever changed. I pray that situations in our lives will be changed. I pray for those strongholds that have a hold on us will be taken away today because you are able, you are worthy to do those things, and you are willing to do those things if we'll lay them down at the foot of the cross and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. In these verses here, John talks about victory for the believer over the world. The world here is the cosmos. That is the world of all its organizations, all of its governments, all of its selfishness, its greed, all of the world's sorrow, its sickness, and its awful sin. John is going to say that it is possible for you and me as children of God to have victory right down here over this world. Amen? God is life. And that life comes through being born of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. This is the method. This is how one is born again. John makes it very clear here and in the opening of his gospel that you become a child of God through simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said in, in St. John chapter 1 and verse 12. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave, him, to them gave he power. And that power means the right, the authority. To, him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that, now listen here, that do, don't do any more, nor less than, than simply what's fitting to come, okay? So that's what it's saying. Even to them that believe on his name. This means that when you trust Christ, you trust who he is as well as what he did. What he did has no value if he is not who he said he was. Amen? You believe that? We must go back to the virgin birth. We must think about that this morning. It's very essential. Who is that this died for the sins of the world? It was, who was that? It was not an ordinary man. I'm an ordinary man. You're an ordinary man. Seth is, uh, Seth is Seth. But all of us are ordinary people. We are, there's nothing really special that warrants salvation and that we can grant to anyone. We're just ordinary people. It was not an ordinary man who died because an ordinary man is sinful himself and could not even die to obtain his own salvation. He could die only a judgment death, being eternally separated from God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. It is faith which produces the new birth. Can you reach out and touch him this morning? So once you have been born again, 
How do you know that you have been born again? Think about that a little bit. Maybe, maybe some of us are struggling with that. Uh, do you have some great, overwhelming experience? Some people do. But I would venture to say that most people probably do not. Uh, you, do you enter some ecstatic state? Not necessarily, although some do. But listen, uh, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begot, loveth him, and also that is begotten of him. You see, when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ, you are born again. And God becomes your heavenly Father. That's kind of the lineage of thing I mentioned a little bit earlier. He is God the Father. And He becomes your heavenly Father. If He is your heavenly Father and you are begotten of Him, then you will love Him. It's just by nature at that point. You will love Him. But it doesn't stop there. You are also going to love the one who is begotten of Him. Now listen, in other words, you are going to love God's other little children. You will love God's other little children. John has, John has said this before, and he has said that this is not something new with him. And back in 1 John chapter number 3, and verse 11, we read, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And the Lord Jesus said in John 13 and 35, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. The expression, born again, is very, very important. Being born of God has anything to do with the fact that you have joined a church, gone through some ceremony. If you are born of God, I hope that you have joined a church and that you take part in the ordinances of the church. But following certain rituals does not make you a child of God. The important thing is, are you born again? Are you born of God? Have you, uh, have you been born again? You are born again when you trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that proof is that you love God. You love your Father. He begot you. And you are going to love other children because they are your brothers and sisters. They cannot be confined to a certain denominational church, a certain race, a certain clique, or any certain group. The one who is born again will love others who are born again. I love you this morning. Maybe, just maybe, this is speaking to that one that needs to know this this morning. But here in 1 John, is in this epistle, we can see how that you can have the assurance of your salvation and some of the evidence is that you are a child of God. Number one, 1 John 2 and 29, it says, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteous is born of God. A child of God will practice righteousness in his life. That does not mean that righteousness is the unusual thing the abnormal thing, or that once in a while you practice it, it is to be the practice of your life. 
Now, that's not to say that you're going to slip and fall sometimes, but righteousness will be the practice of your life if you are his child. Second way that we can see this in this, this book here that 1 John gives us is in chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. A child of God will not practice sin. He will not live in it. He will not revel in it or make it his life. You just won't do it if you're a child of God. The lifestyle of a sinner is sin. He lives in sin all the time and you don't expect him to do any differently. We all lived in sin until we came to Christ. The third thing here that we find in this book is in chapter 4 and verse number 7 where he says, Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Again, a child of God will love other Christians. This is another test that will give you assurance to, to you that you are born of God. So I've got to ask you this morning, do you love other Christians? Do you love other Christians? Answer that in your heart and be honest about it. Number four we find here in our text in verse number four. It says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. A child of God will overcome this world. And number five, we found on down in verse number 18 here in 1 John 5, where it says, We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touched him not. A child of God keeps himself from Satan. So maybe these things here will help you if you're struggling with understanding if you are born again. If you're a child of God, if you've been born of God. You see, in order to be determined to press on, that's the first step. We can be determined in a lot of things in this life and in this world on our own. But if we want to have the ultimate victory and if we want to have the blessings that God wants us to have, we've got to be born again. We've got to be that child of God. So that's the first thing. There are many times in our lives when we just feel like giving up. There are times when we don't know how we're going to make it. Sometimes we bring these situations upon ourselves. Other times I believe God is molding us and shaping us into what He wants us to be. And those can be and have been some really hard times. But we must determine to press on. We must declare victory through Jesus Christ. So now I'm down to my bullet points. <laughs> All that was just the introduction. <laughs> How do we determine to press on? Well, number one, we must defeat sin. Doesn't give you a pretty good idea how to do that, but we must defeat sin. We all have to deal with sin. There's nothing, anything good that ever comes from engaging in sin. The Bible says in James 4 and 17 that therefore 
to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him that is sin. But we can overcome sin by believing and trusting Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. You believe that this morning? That's the first step. That's the only way we can. In Isaiah uh, chapter 53 and verse 6, he tells us that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have all turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, Jesus suffered like you will suffer. Listen to me this morning. But he suffered more than that because he took not only your suffering, but he took the suffering of the whole world upon himself. The sins of this world were compressed and distilled upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, I'm going to use some words right here that I kind of get confused, but it's infinite, which means endless I'm going to make sure I got them right. That means endless. It just keeps going. And finette. That's a little bit hard to say when you used to say an infinite. But finette. That means for a specific amount of time. Now listen. Jesus being infinite, never ending, suffered for finette a certain amount of time here on the earth. What you and I being finette here on this earth for a short period of time would suffer for an infinite amount of time in hell if it was not for His redeeming blood. He suffered upon that cross an eternity of hell for every one of us. Jesus died to appease the wrath of God so that justice and holiness would be satisfied. The Bible calls this propitiation. Another big word, propitiation, which is the atoning death of Jesus on the cross through which He paid the penalty demanded by God because of people's sin, because of Christ's sin, because of your sin. He paid that price for me. I'm not worthy. Boy, I just, I just hit me, Daddy. I'm not worthy. That's how much He loves me. Amen? It's not because of who I am. It's all because of who He is. I don't think some of y'all getting it this morning. Listen to me. You go into a restaurant, a real nice restaurant, and you sit down and there's a, there's a saucer with a cup turned upside down in it. Boy, you just die of thirst. You want some coffee, don't you? I'm telling you what, that waiter or waitress is not going to bring you any coffee as long as that cup's turned up upside down. Some of you folks this morning need to turn your cup over. Amen? You need to turn your cup over. If you want what God has for you today, you've got to turn your cup over. You've got to be willing. Help us, Lord. I forgot where I was at. We'd get coffee, wouldn't we? I'd keep going out and lead us to banana pudding. Oh, Lord. We'll be getting on gluttony. No, 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 no. I won't be going there. I won't be getting on gluttony. I resemble that remark. Propitiation. The atoning death of Jesus on the cross. 
through which he paid the penalty demanded by God because of people's sin, thus setting them free from sin and death. That's where we're at this morning. Thus, propitiation expresses the idea that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for sin that a holy God demanded. Although Jesus was free of sin, He took all our sins upon Himself and redeemed us from the penalty of death that our sin demanded. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that today. Amen. Romans 3 and 23 says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 1 John 2 and 2 says, And He is propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. What are you struggling with today? Why has has the devil put in in front of you as a stumbling block? What do you need to turn over to God? Are you determined to press on today? Then you must get the sin out of your life. That's the first step. Number two, we must defeat temptation. That may be where most of us are today. We may have already become a child of God, but hey, sin and Satan still just right here all the time. Sometimes we need to just knock him off. All right. We must defeat temptation. Even after we accept Jesus as, per, as our personal Savior, we still have to deal with sin and temptation. Beware of the tricks that the Satan and the devil uses, and do not put yourself in situations where you're tempted. Believe me, the devil knows your weak spots. He knows. Romans 13 and 14 says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Listen to this little story about the way temptation goes. A father leaves his son at home on a Saturday afternoon in the summer because his son is not feeling well. The father tells his son, now don't you go down to the swimming hole and go swimming with your buddies. And the son says, yes, sir. The dad returning home after a little while, he makes his way by the the swimming hole and he notices his son there with other boys. He stops and he calls his son over and says, I told you not to go swimming. The son responds, but I didn't intend to go swimming. I just came to watch and I fell down. I fell in. (laughs) By this time, you know, probably like I would be, the dad began to feel sorry for his son. But then he notices he has his swimsuit on. He got his swimsuit on. The son said, well, Dad, I I brought my suit along just in case I was tempted. Say what? Just in case I was tempted. Don't make provision for the flesh. In other words, don't put yourself in positions you ought not be putting yourself into. Pull a Barney Fife on yourself. Nip it in the bud. (laughs) Ask God to prevent you from being tempted. Ask Him to give you the strength to overcome temptation. Help me, Lord. 
And not just when temptation occurs, but all along the course of that path that leads up to that moment where you have to make a decision. Because all those other path stops you may make, you're making choices that could ultimately lead you to make the wrong choice in the end. Are you determined to press on? You must defeat temptation. And we must find deliverance, number three, deliverance in the Word. That's how we do these other ones. That's how we defeat temptation. Deliverance in the Word by meditating and by meditating and studying God's Word, we can be prepared to overcome temptation and also be cleansed by His Word. Oh, listen. Psalms 119 and 15 says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect, it, and have respect unto thy ways. In verse 9 there, back in that same chapter of 119 of Psalms, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Have you ever heard of a one-track mind? A one-track mind? The devil plants the thought in our minds. And over time, that thought becomes a belief. Before we know it, it has captured a stronghold. Thank God there is a way of deliverance. God, God's word will cleanse you. It will cleanse you. In St. John 15 and 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. In Ephesians 5 and 26, That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Listen to me this morning. Oh, it's a great, this is a great little picture, but, but picture the Lord Jesus Christ walking through your mind. He, he's got him a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and he's just filling that thing up with the filth that's all in your mind. And he's taking it and throwing it out. Oh, I tell you what, he, it don't matter how many trips he's got to make through there and fill up, and how many times he's got to fill up that wheelbarrow, he'll cleanse it if you'll let him. <laughs> Whew, I wear him out sometimes. God's cleansing power can sweep over your soul today. And the fresh winds of the Holy Spirit can blow through the temple of your body and make you clean and pure. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6, it says, For we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into the captivity every thought to the obedience, obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, what strongholds are there in your life that, that needs God to deliver from you? This morning, pray in His name, in His authority, and for His glory that He will deliver you today. Obedience. Obedience. You know, sometimes we have to be obedient. 
Let me rephrase that. All times we have to be obedient. The times we are disobedient, have you ever thought about what you might have missed? This has been one more week, a couple of weeks for me. I won't go into all the details. But if, but if, but if I hadn't been obedient in certain situations, I would not have got the confirmation of what I did way back when I said I'm stepping out on faith. Now think about this just a minute. I've shared this with a couple of people that God has revealed to me actually on Friday. You know, many times, my next point, by the way, is depend on faith, okay? But sometimes our faith just seems like it's, man, it's just, it's just down in the valley. Sometimes we just don't know what we're going to do. Our faith, man, we just don't know if we can take the next step. We may have been, we may be an early Christian, and that may be true, a true state of us. But our goal is to become a mature Christian, and when that comes, our faith grows. Okay? You may be here this morning. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're facing. But you must be determined to press on. If you're going to do that, you've got to have faith. Now listen to me. You may have come through many things in your life. You may have experienced all the peaks, but you may be in the valley right now and you feel like your faith is way down here. Well, this is what God showed me through the, my experiences this week. You, you all know, know me. Uh, I've, I've been saved since I was an early teenager. and I'm not saying I've been perfect or nothing, but man, I, I just felt like I just, I, I don't know what. But as my faith has grown, I start here. And I go here. But the goal is way up here. Okay? Now, now stay with me just a minute. You're going to have to wash my hands to help me illustrate this. But even though I'm here, I feel like I'm down here. Okay? But re reality, I'm still here. But because I desire... To be up here, sometimes I have to feel like I'm right here. Now listen, this is the point. So that I can take the next step and go from here to here, to here, to here. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying? Is it over your head? It's over my head. But it hit me like a brick wall. Even though I feel like this, I still do what God wants me to do. And then when I'm obedient, the confirmation comes that my faith just moved up another notch. And when you get a taste of that, you want to move up to the next one. And the next one. And you want to keep striving to reach that. But you might have to get back. You might have to feel like you're knocked down. Oh, but you just keep growing. You just keep growing. I don't know if that makes any sense to any of y'all, but it hit this boy right here pretty hard. It did. So are you determined to press on this morning? You've got to depend on your faith. You've got to be obedient. You've got to depend on faith. 
You must believe that God is working in your life. <laughs> you must trust that He is taking care of you. You must do what He tells you. Even though you may have doubts. Even though the next morning after you made that decision, you get up and the devil says, well, how in the world are you going to do that? You just look at him and you flick him off and you say, because God gave me the confirmation yesterday. That's what he's done for me. That's what he'll do for you. Mm. Hebrews 1 and 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You remember the nobleman's son who became ill and the nobleman went out to find Jesus. And when he found Jesus, he asked him to come and see his son. But instead of going to see him, Jesus just healed him by his word. You remember that? We read about that in John chapter 4, verse number 50, where it said, Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Not a wonder, not a sign, not a vision, not angels playing tic-tac-toe on his ribs, or cold chills going up and down the spine. The man just simply believed Jesus' word and went on his way. How many times? Do we just need to believe Jesus' word? Take that step of faith. Take that step. You know, I'm reminded of the Indiana Jones movie when he was going across that big canyon and there wasn't nothing there. He had to take that step, didn't he? But when he took it, and of course, there's not one for here for me, but there's one that just went on. He built a bridge across that canyon. But as we must do to be determined to press on, we must defeat sin, defeat temptation. We must do those things through the deliverance and the Word of God. And we do all that because we're dependent on faith. As Micah comes this morning, I hope you've searched your heart. If you're here this morning and this has really spoken to you, I pray that you give whatever you're struggling with over to God. If it's a sin, if it's a situation in your life, health, financial, whatever, God loves you. You see, faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step but faith soars on high. Doubt question who believes, but faith answers, I believe. Life follows faith like light follows day. There is no life without faith. Verse 11 of Hebrews, verse 6 of Hebrews 11, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. As we stand and as we pray this morning, Father, I pray 
that you just forgive us for the times when we've doubted you, when we haven't trusted in you, and when you have chosen to believe for us something that's not true in our own heart. Lord, remove those things. Help us to believe and help us to rely on you in all circumstances. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.